Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hey, this is Guile, and today I am joined by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chickren on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harpo on Twitter. And today we are going to be covering Daenerys, Daenerys's fourth chapter in A Clash of Kings, otherwise known as the House of Undying chapter. Otherwise known as like my favorite slash least favorite chapter. So. <laughs> Um, this actually in a reread, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but it felt like way shorter than I remembered. Um, yeah, like wasn't it tighter? It, yeah. it was a tiny chapter, basically. Yes, very. Like I expected when I saw that it was House of the Undying, I was like, oh, this is going to take forever. <laughs> and typical and George didn't. to spend like, like chapters three times this long on like descriptions of scenery and shit and then do a small chapter like this and cram so much shit into it. I mean, so, he talks more about the food at the weddings than right? about this year. Right. Well, and I was thinking, like, what an interesting choice for someone who is, you know, prides himself on calling himself a gardener to create a chapter with all of these prophecies. Like, dude, um, what are you thinking? Yeah, well, not to... just prophecies, like, revelations about the past, too. I mean, like, it's right. just chock full of shit, and yet it's hardly anything. And so, I mean... Um, <laughs> this oh, chapter, just real quick, the only thing I could think while reading this chapter is, oh, all of this might mean nothing because we may never get it. Right. <sighs> right. Like, yeah. yeah, that's that's the rub right there. Oh goodness. So you know, Danny goes to the house of the undying, and it's actually this low, like, kind of nondescript building in an elm of trees, essentially, essentially, and like very unimpressive, but it obviously feels very ominous because, you know, Jorah, Zaros and Doxos and her and Ago and Jog are all like, Khaleesi, no. And she's like, yeah, I'm totally going in here. I know. I, you just kind of like picture like this chorus around her being like, bad idea, bad idea. And she's like, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Which I didn't um, remember. I didn't remember that all of them were literally saying, no, don't do it. This is a terrible idea. I forgot. Yeah, me neither. And Zaro, of course, is like pushing his pleasure boat. This time he's added in the, you know, small girl. Like, oh God. Like, you're so disgusting. Um, oh, he is gross. He's really gross. He's, he manages, even in a few, even in just a couple of lines, he manages to be gross in this chapter. Um, so, you know, what's funny to me about this is how, like, Danny just does not learn her lesson about the magic. She just keeps wanting to dip her toe back in. <laughs> like, everybody's like no every time we mess with this shit it's bad and she's like i'm in i'm doing it i mean i feel like you know she's tried everything in karth and this is sort of her what she thinks of as her last option and you know and so Piat pre is kind of her guide to tell her what to do that you know she always should take the first door to the right um, other doors might open, but she shouldn't take them. She can look. There'll be like all these visions, you know, look, but, you know, don't go in um, until don't go in a room until you reach the audience chamber. And um, 
there's a little dwarf that gives her some shade of the evening and um for her to drink and basically she's like concerned her lips gonna turn blue no but your mind will be opened basically so um it's so is this lsd what is this supposed to be opium lsd what's it supposed to be i mean what was what was George tripping on in the sixties and seventies? I mean, what? I wouldn't have really thought of opium as like a psychedelic, but I, me neither. It's got to be LSD. I, I legit don't know. So yeah, it's got to be LSD. LSD seems the closest, because my goodness. And you know, she takes this drink of it, and it's really foul at first, and then it's you know like honey and mother's milk and you know Drogo seed. Sorry, we have to say that. Um, and everything she's ever tasted. <laughs> And it's a very similar description to what we get in Bran's last chapter in um, Way Into a Dance of Dragons, where he is oh. eating, like, the Jojen paste. Oh, when he's eating Jojen? You're right. Yeah. And just, like, it's a really, really similar description. And, it, you know, maybe the same type of, you know, maybe the same type of substance. I've I've always kind of assumed that it is. Um, that's so that's she, an That's an astute observation right there. Wow. Well, you know, you only get one a chapter, so that's it for me. <laughs> it's, on, it's on you all. <laughs> Kyle's out. <laughs> um, so she, you know, she enters and she's she's walking around when Drogon's on her back, and you know they can kind of hear things inside the walls, like you know maybe mice, maybe people. I don't know. Drogon's like, I'm not happy about this. Um, he just seems so much like a dog in this chapter yes, with some of that exactly stuff. Exactly <laughs> like a dog. Yes. Dog going nuts and stuff in the wall. Yeah. Um, and so she does start to look in some of the rooms and the first thing she sees, so like really our first vision in this chapter is a naked woman with like four men, four dwarves ravaging her. And, you know, the most common interpretation of this vision is that the woman represents Westeros and these are the the kings destroying her. Mm. Um, I read a lot of things where people were trying to figure out ways that Rob wasn't one of the kings because apparently, you know, not all kings. Um, But it seems like, you know, Rob, Balin, Greyjoy, Joffrey and Stannis, because at this point, you know, Runley's already dead. Yeah. Yeah. I I think and then I think I think Rob is. Anybody who thinks that Rob wasn't creating havoc wasn't really right. paying attention. Right. Is is that the point for like the theories that one of them's not Rob, just to say that he wasn't as bad as the and, rest? Is that, there's is only that four. Because four? Okay. he's a Stark, yeah. So you okay. know, Stark That's can't what I possibly figured. do anything bad, you know. Um, the next vision, vision she sees is obviously a permanent a vision of the future, as it's clearly the Red Wedding. Um, even with you know the dead king with a um, the head of a wolf. So, you know, Rob, oh, no. when they sold, uh, sewed no. Grey, Grey Wind's head on him. Um, then she sees the house with the red door in Bravos, and she sees Sir William, and he's like, oh, come hang with me. And, you know, she wants this more than anything. You know, she really still has this emotional attachment to, like, this one happy place of her childhood. Um, but, but she keeps she keeps going and yeah well i like she, that too because you kind of get the sense that was like her one safe place too so i kind of like that that was what they led you know it leads with yeah. for her and it's like a temptation in a way like she gets a lot of temptations in the oh, show yeah. too you know so this is the temptation of you know just being able to be that kind of happy little live in that moment of being that happy little girl 
but she keeps going and then she starts to see visions of the past. So the first thing that she sees is an old king yelling, let him be king over charred bones and cooked meat. Let him be king of the ashes. And she doesn't know who it is, but it's obviously Ares. We, um, you know, we later see these, I think, exact same words that Jamie tells, you know, Jamie says this to Brienne or Jamie thinks this, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, she knows she sees another man in the room, which I think was the part was um, the hand of the king. But Jamie's in this room, too. So it's always interesting that, you know, Jamie doesn't, you know, Jamie has a way of 100 percent proving the truth of what happened to Danny. Like that's planted. I right. guess that's true. Yeah, that is true, actually. You know, Danny, know, you know, Danny knows this is, a, you know, she's had this vision. And and we see, as with some of the later visions that she has. Um, with like the slaves and Marine, um, you know, when that happens, she recognizes that like, oh, I've seen this. I'm cool. So, you know, that's kind of a, if we need something in favor of Danny, not immediately killing Jamie, we kind of have this. I mean, and, we're count we're counting on Jamie, not opening his smart mouth to say something else, but yeah. Well, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, clearly Jamie would, um, you know, in terms of, when people tell them not to do something, you know, Jamie and Danny have a lot in common. Um, then she sees a man. <laughs> yeah. I really wish Kama was on this particular one because she recognizes that it's not Viserys because the man's eyes are dark indigo instead of lilac. Like, oh. You. <laughs> Give me a break. Come what on. is this distinction even? Like, come on. Right? <laughs> Come on, who gave George the box of sixty-four crayons? Like, oh, come gosh. on. <laughs> um, and you know this man is—he's with a woman nursing a newborn, and says, you know, his name is Egan, and you know he his is the song of ice and fire, but the dragon has three heads. There must be one more, and then he plays his harp sadly. <laughs> you know, obviously Rhaegar. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, I love I love that there's a moment where she thinks he sees her. Oh yeah, kind of. Um, you know, I I can't. This is one of the things where I can't remember if it's a show only thing. But when Bran see when Bran has his visions, does he also feel like the people can see him? Because I kind of feel like he can. I don't remember. I didn't remember what the Jojen paste tasted like, and I don't yeah, remember I don't this remember either. So Danny keeps walking and she she's um the torches behind her start going out and you know she and Drogon are both freaking out and you know she, all the doors are on the left all the doors are on the left and then you know she realizes that you know the first door on the right is the last door on the left which I'm like I don't I don't understand this it doesn't make any sense to me but I am not spatially aware so anyway <laughs> she she goes into this room and then she like like basically finds like a window and prees outside like they're like very confused like they're done with you and you know she's like I've been here for hours um and he's like I'll you know let you lead the way but then she sees a door to her right and so um you know, this vision, Pyat Pri, or this vision of Pyat Pri is telling her not to go there, but she just, she walks through the door on the right. And, um, she goes through these doors, 
And it's like this beautiful hall and all of these like beautiful wizards dressed in amazing outfits. Um, you know, they welcome her. I have to read this vision, the description of the woman though, because it's the funniest thing I've ever read. Long have we waited you, said a woman beside him, clad in rose and silver. The breast she had left bare in the Carthine fashion was as perfect as a breast could be. Look, I need you to know that George is going to talk about boobs as much as any human could possibly talk about well, boobs so in every circumstance. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? It's like a 40-year-old virgin. Oh, her boobs were the most beautiful boobs that could be. Exactly. Like, that, that, that doesn't mean anything. Like, it really makes me suspect that despite all his talk, he has not seen a lot of boobs. He's never seen, it <laughs> makes you he, see, he's seen none, zero. Right. He has not seen a lot, for sure. He is a twice married man. Goodness. He probably needs to see more boobs, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, they're telling her that, um, you know, we've waited a thousand years for you, and we have so much knowledge, you know, come hang out with us, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they'll tell her how to handle her dragon. So it's, like, very tempting. And then um, Drogon leaves her shoulder and he flies to the top of an ebony and weirwood door and starts biting at the wood. Um, and, you know, a, interesting that it's weirwood. That always, like, pings me for something. Mm-hmm. And um, it's super heavy. And Danny, get, you know, she's able to move it. And then there's another door behind it that's, like, super old and splintery. And, um, she she goes through this she goes through this door and this seems like this is this is the jam so she walks in the door and there's a stone table with a floating human heart um swollen in blue and like pulsing and everything's in this like blue shadow light and you know other people are basically blue shadows and they kind of talk in like the whisper and moan and they welcome hers you know, mother of dragons, and she, you know, asks for their counsel and wisdom. And they start, of course, they, you know, won't just give her normal answers because that would be helpful. Right. They kind of speak in in riddles. And, you know, she wants to know, you know, were the things that I saw visions or lies? And, you know, they said, they say, you know, some other morals, you know, some are things in the past, some are things not yet done. Um, they keep saying, you know, child of three, three heads has the dragon. And they tell her, um, you know, they give her like these nine things. So three, um, three fires you must light, one for life, one for death, and one to love. Three mounts you must ride, one to bed, one to dread, one to love. And then three treasons you will know, once for blood, <coughs> excuse me, once for gold, and once for love. And, you know, any thought, like, if we want to go through these one by one of the three well, you know, fires. Can I just talk about them as a whole? One thing I had forgotten is how how it's very much future tense, the way that these are all spoken of. Because, like, so often, like, people are like, you know, Drogo was one of the mounts or something, you know. And it's like, it's very clear that this is all future stuff from here to me. Oh, that's funny because I, I kind of felt like. Each of her first ones has already happened, but... Um, That's what people talk about, but, like, yeah. reading it, if you read it, like, it's really future tense. I I, don't, I I always thought that, too. Like, I was always that way, and I was, like, reading it, and I was like, man, you know, this is all, like, future tense. I don't know. So, 
you know, if we if we start with the fires, then any any speculation of the life, death, and love. Well, I mean, obviously, you'd think the 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 Drogo fire with Mary Mazdor would be one of the fires, but now I'm like, I don't know, maybe it isn't one of the fires. Who fucking knows? Yeah, I, mean, I just interpreted it for life of the life of the dragons. The dragons, life yeah. Of dragons, yeah, that, yeah. And then, I, I mean, like, on the other hand, it's George. And sometimes I think we give him too much credit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every once in a while, I think that. You know, one for death. I mean, do we think this has to do with, like, the others or something like that? Like, is this super future? Yeah, I mean, it. it seems like it must be killing something for you know maybe not as good a reason or or who knows what oh, or if it's going to be that, a funeral pyre or you know or also i guess like if we think that she's going to be you know fucking things up in king's landing um it could i mean which that. is possible i mean i definitely think she's going to burn something she shouldn't in westeros that's probably a given mm. and then you know one to love which I mean, yeah, what's a what's a what's a fire to love? I mean, part of me was going like, well, you know, if we're in a battle against the others and they have to burn the dead, is that like an act of love to like burn the body of like you know John, let's say, because oh, you know, or something like that. That may or, be. Yeah, I could see that. And then the three mounts you must ride: one to bed. I think people tend to think that's silver um, mm. that she rode with Drogo, or, you know, Drogo, and then one to Dread and one to Love. Um, Dread, you know, I've heard his Dar, which seems like he's not, like, Dread <laughs> uh, seems so I've given him a little more credit. I, I think he's given his Dar much too much. <laughs> I, you know, to me, if you were going to think about her potential quote-unquote love interest that, you know, Euron seems like the one that you'd be like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. So definitely great joy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, love seems like John to me. I thought the treason seemed like somewhat clear, at least the first, like, blood, you know, Miriam as gold, Jora. But love? I mean, I, I, I think, kind of... I like the interpretation that it's Tyrion. Yeah, I think Tyrion's the common... Yeah belief yeah and just you know i i like it because it would obviously be for jamie so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean well there's a good chance save his ass um and you know she's like i don't understand what's happening and she's kind of like losing it a little bit like it's hard for her to talk and the whispers are mocking her help her show her like you jerks um so she starts to see these series of visions um, you know, things that have happened, like she sees Viserys die, which is a pretty awful vision to have to have her see. Um, she sees a vision of what is obviously Rago if he had lived, like burning a yeah. tree and he's copper skin and silver gold hair, skin so yeah. hot, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, you knew he was going to be hot if he existed. <laughs> um, she sees Rhaegar dying in the, in the Ruby Ford and sinking to his knees and murmuring a woman's name. Um, which fuck you, Rhaegar. Like, ugh. Well, that fuck you, be- George. Why, why go to the trouble of saying a woman's name? A like, woman's name. Like, yeah. Oh, God. Like, if it Elia Rainey, screw you. You know, like, oh, you're gonna whisper Liana's name, you dick. Um, he would. Anyway, he totally would. 
Um, she sees what people tend to think of Stannis. Um, glowing like sunset, a red sword was raised in the hand of a blue-eyed king who cast no shadow. Mm. Um, the cloth dragon, which people seem to think is Egan, hence mm-hmm. the mummer's dragon. This one is the one I don't know, or I don't have a good clue on. This uh, From a smoking tower, a great stone beast took wing, breathing shadow fire. Well, there used to be a lot of talk about that being something happening from Dragonstone, the stone dragon thing. But I don't, I don't know. It could be anything. Jesus. I mean, she's supposed to go to a shy, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? I've seen where it had something to do with John Connetine. I forget what it was. It was about John Connetine and the great stone because he has a grayscale. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there, there, there are a few. Something with him and Aegon, yeah. Yeah. Is he at? He's not at Dragonstone. He's at Storm's End now, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, or somewhere near Storm's End, yes. Yeah. And then you know she sees her silver. She sees a corpse at the prow of a ship with gray lips smiling. Which well, we know who that is, is now. Is Aaron Greyjoy? It's got to be Aaron Greyjoy. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers for Ugh. the Winds of Winter, which we'll never get. Right. And then a blue flower growing from a chink in the wall of ice, which we think is, you know, supposed to be representative of John because we know Liana liked her blue flowers. Mm-hmm. She sees some, like, she sees a series of visions uh, from her life. So, you know, Miri Masmore in the fire when she's a, a little girl running the house with the red door, um, when she was dragging the winemaker to death behind her and the white lion that Drogo got. Um, there's a couple that might be from the future. There's on um, the Mother of Mountains, the crones um, crept from the Great Lake and knelt before her. Which, which probably we, is supposed to happen in winds. Right. And then we have the 10,000 slaves um, riding, you know, racing towards her, calling her mother, which, you know, mm-hmm. we see in That's the next so, book. Yeah. And, um, you know, so suddenly the visions are gone and the undying are basically like, I mean, I don't know if eating they're, her. Like, eating they're trying to her. eat her or something. They're, they're trying to but, eat her. That is exactly what... <laughs> that's what it felt like. And this is, like, how they um, they stay alive, maybe? I mean, it seems like they could have just, like, put her in a... Like, they didn't need to go through all these elaborate visions. They could have just, like, had her take a turn inside and then just... <laughs> her, you know? We could have simplified <laughs> all of this. It seems like a very James Bond villain to me. Like, they really went quite a bit elaborate. <laughs> yeah. um, but then Drogon basically Fs, Fs everything up, and he, like, he burns them all to, like, final death, and basically, like, starts burning the building. And, you know, she she's able to escape out into the sunlight, and um, Pyat Pre is out there, and he's gibbering in some unknown tongue and hopping from foot to foot. And then he um, he draws a knife and like comes dancing towards her, which is like, God, how could you not film this? This is so great. <laughs> and um, Jogo and uh, Jogo Ricaro pull him to the ground, and um, you know Jorah's beside her as as the chapter ends. So you know, it's like there's a lot in this chapter. It's it's one of those chapters that's literally actually like on a reread, you sort of forget like, Oh, the red running hasn't happened yet. Oh, this hasn't yeah. happened yet. Um, where I think if you read it through the first time, it would be kind of more exciting. 
here it's more like gotcha. You're playing gotcha with what you know um, in the story a little bit. Yeah. Well, and like, I imagine, and like, this is an experience, obviously I never had imagine reading this without being able to go on and immediately see that some of these things immediately happen and then realizing that it's all true, you know, that, you know, it's all based in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine everybody who read it first was like, is this real or wrong? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Right, like, is this all, yeah, is this all just, like, crazy? Well, I mean, no, because you know the things from the past. Well, no, you don't, because you don't even know about Ares at this point. No, yeah, you, you, don't you don't know any of those things yet. Yeah, You don't know much of this at all. Much of it, and yeah. So I, I imagine it must have been a real guessing game at that point, but as you saw more and more of it turn out to be real, I, you know, now we just accept it's all real. <laughs> you know, it's just a given, but it must Which, not have been back in the day. I mean, it would have, yeah, it would be fun to see some contemporary um, speculation about, like, what, you know, what this is. I mean, you, yeah. like, I mean, I don't even know if you could, I mean, the Aries thing, I just don't even think you would guess that. Like, that's the one that seems like the most likely that people, well, I guess the Stannis one you could get. Like, he, you know that he has what, you know, he has, like, Lightbringer and he has blue eyes. Like, maybe you could get that. But yeah, it seems like most of the rest of it, it's very like, because I mean, you don't even know that Jorah's like, but well, you do know that Jorah's betrayed her. Yeah, I mean, they probably could have guessed some of the prophecy stuff, I suppose, at that point. But I don't know. Some of this, I think you definitely would need at least Storm to really get much of. To get much of, yeah. And it's, I mean... It's a fu- yeah, it would have been a more fun chapter, I guess. Now it's just like a, oh, it's, I feel like as readers, we're all that Leo DiCaprio gif of him, like, pointing at the TV. Like, oh, I recognize that vision. <laughs> we're all um, did we have any questions about this chapter? Yes, we do. Um, so our first one from Cardinal Girl 75 on Discord. Um, so do you think all the doors... Uh, all the open doors were deliberately left open for Danny to see what was within. If so, why? I mean, it kind of, I mean, I would assume that yes, but in terms of why to keep her there longer, like maybe she, you know, maybe like they needed her in there for a time for like the drug to take more of an effect so they could eat her. Mm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of my question with the whole thing. If the end game was just to eat her in this place. Why? I don't I don't understand why I give her all this real vision stuff oh, or whatever. Like, I don't even... You know what? I bet the stuff she drank is basically made from the people that they've eaten before. Oh, gross. Kind of, Ooh. you know, if we think it's like Jojen paste. If it is like Jojen like, paste. No, I hear the point you're making. Yeah, <laughs> people paste. People paste. Too much cannibalism in these fucking books. You know... Huh. I've accidentally watched quite a few movies with cannibalism lately. Um, (laughs) Accidentally watching quite a few movies with cannibalism. (laughs) Like just casual cannibalism. Yeah. It's, you know, and now here, I guess I'm, I'm convincing myself. I've just read about cannibalism. I mean, is there, I mean, do they have some like ethical thing? We're like, well, we're going to eat or we might as well show our real visions to be cool. I don't know if they just think that's the best way to distract her. I don't know. I don't get it. I kind of don't get it. I kind of don't. I, I, I do not get it. 
Yeah, this is one of those where the the motivations of like Piatri and the the Undying I don't 100% understand or get, and I don't care enough to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and that's I 100% the, yeah. feel you. Yeah, which I suppose is what George wanted us to do. Don't don't think about this too much. Don't look over yeah. there. Okay. And then there was a, another one. <laughs> yes, our um, other question from Buck O'Hare on Discord. Has this chapter aged well? What was the point for the undying for the undying of giving Danny all those visions? <laughs> oh well, it, yeah. it, it, well, we just answered. So we don't know. <laughs> we, I, mean, I don't know that there was one. I mean, it's so like if it's aged well, it's so it's such a hard question because it, again, it's such a different. It would have been such a different experience to read it without mm-hmm. any knowledge yeah. oh yeah and also the books aren't done so it's hard to say if it's aged well because we don't have the conclusion right and never right. will and never yeah. will so yeah. yeah I mean yeah jerk um any other questions that was for George not Buck <laughs> yeah sorry yeah, George is the jerk, jerk. <laughs> no George is the it's jerk. always George um, <laughs> no, it, it is no more George no more episode specific questions. Um, any other thoughts on this lovely chapter? I just, I, I love how, you know, this reread is just bringing back to the forefront for me, this sort of <laughs> mystical, almost just like fairy dust enshrouding of Danny's story that I just never really gave full credit to or, or paid a lot of attention to before. And it's just like, she is just, <laughs> there's just magic everywhere with her. Like it's just constant. It's, it's just as there's just as much magic in her story as there is in every other part of the story. Like particularly with the Starks, Warden, yeah. and all those kind of things. Like, and you kind of forget about all that with Danny. Yeah. Um, and this actually made me think about the show, The House of the Undying, in general. How they kind of reduce that to Where Are My Dragons? Oh, this yeah. was the Where Are My Dragons, which I understand. Show. There was a oh. lot of it they couldn't do, like Red Wedding stuff and all that. But it, I mean, it pretty much just became Where Are My Dragons. I forgot about that. Yeah, they took her dragons, or did they just take Drogon or something? I can't remember. Well, yeah, and then she kills Sarah's and Taxos and stuff. Like, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, locks totally. him in that safe. Yeah. Yeah, totally different. Um, well, and to speak to the, like you said, with the Starks, the magic, I mean, like, you really get a sense that her bond with Drogon is really strong here, too, because, like, he is kind of leading her at times. And it's like, you know, you kind of get the sense that it's almost like he's channeling her inner, you know, I don't know, drive or her, her innermost, you know, needs and wants where he's like, you know, not letting her get distracted and kind of pulling her onward. When I think there's very, I mean, she's not warging him per se, but there is that strong. No, but it's like that bond, you know, that weird Targaryen dragon thing, which is like the warging. It seems to be the same kind of thing. It's the same. Yeah. Very Whatever. similar. Yeah. I, I I wonder why it's just with Drogo. I mean Drogon, because she doesn't see it. Never, even in later books, yeah. we don't really get that sense from the other two. No. Yeah, I think he's hers. Is why, and because you know the dragon has to have three heads. So somebody oh, else that, has yeah, to that's ride right. the other two. There'll be somebody for the other two. Oh, I mean, you know, that was another thing I meant to say is how hard how hard this seems to hit with the because I think the one thing that people probably would maybe recognize is the Rhaegar scene, you know, even at the time. And it's like really hitting hard that, you know, the dragon has three heads thing. So it's like, I just, you know, this reread is just making me think again. It's just like, everybody has overthought it and it is 
I really think it is John, Danny, and Tyrion, and I realize I mean, he has hatred for that, but <laughs> it seems I mean, so I hate simple. And, and why are we overthinking it? Yeah, yeah, why are we overthinking it? Because I mean, I hate Tyrion Targaryen, but it does. Like, who else would it be? I mean. It literally, what is it going to be like, Gendry or Maya? Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it, it's not going to be Aegon, Fagon. I mean, like, and the thing of like the chimerism with with Tyrion, you know, and the the two colored right. eyes and the super light hair. It's just like this is. I think, I think we make a lot of this a lot, a, I mean, a lot more complicated than it is. I think even the his is a song of ice of fire. Like that's clear, clearly John, right? Like his is the song so. of ice and fire. Like, yeah, and I've I always so. seen the, well, a dragon doesn't have gender. So Rhaegar just would have been saying his, it could still be Danny, yada, yada. And it very clearly seems to be John. Well, I just thought it was like the two of them. And it, you know, as creep, as gross as that is, like, I don't, you know. But it's just, you know, the imagery of the dragon with three heads. And it's like, you know, the original egg on the conqueror conquering with his two sisters and the three of them on their dragons. It This this repeating thing of three dragons, three riders. So yeah. I think we got to have it. You know, I mean, like the show, I understand why the show wouldn't have wanted to go there and would have just killed off one of the dragons probably a little early. I'm not saying one won't get killed off. But, yeah, I think so it's got to be Tyrion. So John will ride Rhaegal, just, you know, being Rhaegal. One himself. would assume. And, and then, it would probably fit that Tyrion would get Viserion. Well, I mean, is there, like, some, you know, is there some connection, you know, because obviously, you know, Visenya basically um, got her son on the throne. Like, she was the kingmaker. So, I mean, is that supposed to be somewhat representative of Tyrion as, like, a kingmaker or queenmaker, although oddly enough, we also have Jamie. Like, or we have that Jamie thing about Kristen Cole, yeah, um, as the as the maker and him thinking I've made an unmade king. So, like, it's kind of you know, it's sort of an interesting thing there. Where you know, is Tyrion a one one that is somewhat? I mean, I don't think he's choosing. You know, as in the show, I don't think he's choosing between. Danny and John necessarily, but maybe he's the one that, um, you know, gets Danny on the throne and in, in um, instead of Egan. Like maybe that's his, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, it's it's possible. I mean, I, when I think of Viserion, I just think of Viserys, and I was like, that fits for Tyrion. Tyrion, Tyrion writes that. Yeah. <laughs> that line. I I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Tyrion. I, I don't know what Tyrion will help her to do. I imagine he's definitely going to help her conquer Westeros. But well, yeah, because I mean, especially with him having had that time with Egan and and some and forming, you know, somewhat of a negative impression based upon like a game of chess, which you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Poor Egan. Like yeah, that poor kid did. just literally <laughs> Jesus create um, created for the to be <laughs> the sacrificial lamb eventually. I. I kind of, you know, I liked what you're saying about the mysticism of Danny's chapters. And I think maybe that's why we sort of like don't like her or get bored with her in dance is because like all of this magic sort of goes out the window and it becomes like, you know, so mundane and real without the magic. So that, yeah, yeah. That very last chapter when her last, her last chapter basically when she's out in the desert and you kind of get that sense again of, um, oh, there, you know, this isn't about, you know, her determining the tax policies, you know, like, it's, 
there's something, you know, more, more mystical about it, which is why I think we like her in the first place. So, you know, hopefully we get back to some of that in, in a book that we're never going to read. But. Right, right. All right. Well, any any other comments on this chapter? No, I'm dead. Wouldn't you have died if there would have been like some like vision of a tall woman or something? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so great. No, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we would have known Brienne at this point in the books, but no one would ever yeah. thought that she was anything. You wouldn't think yeah. she was very important. Well, right. you might. The way that she gets more attention than Renly, even in the in those chapters yeah. of Cats, you might think she's more important. But just but. like you'd have like such a what the fuck moment if they hinted anything of her future chapters. Like any moment of them, you would have just been like, what the hell? <sighs> I don't think George knew he was going to give her chapters yet at this point. Yeah, or just, he absolutely yeah. did not. <laughs> Yeah, any of that future, anything in her future plot, I think, would have been like my, like, just like, imagine if there would have been an image of Brienne and a bear. Because, I mean, we've met the bear in prior chapters. <laughs> and it would just be like, wow. oh, I would have been so cool. Well, yeah. So, anyway, on that note of what we didn't get, um, I'm going to, um, you can, <laughs> yeah, we're real professionals here, folks. So, totally. Um, you, you can uh, support us on Patreon. You can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcasts um, other than Spotify. We don't do that. <laughs> you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at door podcast. You can find us on the Jamie and Brian subreddit and please ask your questions so we can have um, a full debate in these upcoming chapters. We love to hear your questions and respond to them. And with that, I am closing the door. Get out.